Chapter sixty three of I, Mary MacLean, by Mary MacLean. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter sixty three. Twenty inches of Ajarness. Tomorrow. God might come to visit me on a Monday afternoon. He would come in at the door of my blue white room, which had been left about twenty inches ajar, for I cannot imagine God the aloof and reticent opening a shut door to visit anyone it is as if god purposely lacks all initiative if i wish to meet god i must first suffer deeps of terror and passion and loneliness to make the mood that wants it then i must train my life down to two plain frocks and to crown all my room door must be left ajar on the day he happens to come or he will not come in that seems certain but for twenty inches of ajarness at my door he will not come in in it god is quite fair i do the reaching out and i live out the despairs he furnishes a fact to go upon i go upon it in some anguish doubtless but then mine not god's are the lights and the translated splendour it is a gentleman's game god plays it is because i feel that to be true more than for that he is the dealer that i would have a word with him on a monday afternoon he might come in the figure of a precise mystic looking little old man punctilious of dress and manner like an english duke on the stage he might wear overwhelmingly correct afternoon attire with spats and a monocle on a wide ribbon it some way fills my peculiar trivial concept of god mystic seeming because he is the god of the dead dusty hosts of israel and punctiliously modern because he is also the god of new poeted radium gifted now a god like a druid or like aladdin's genie such as i fancied as a child or like jove or vulcan would seem an inadequate and unsuitable god what would such a one know of the shape and fashion of my two plain dresses and of my shoes and my breakfasts and the charmed surface joy in the back of a magazine God to be God to me must know all those things and if he only bespoke me in thunderous preludes touching souls triumphant apotheoses bold and intolerable ecstasies beyond heaven's last poignantest door it would be nothing to my purpose those my poet brain can make for me if I wish but I'd like God to explain me the little frightful puzzles which thrive all around me in the wide daylight of this knife and forkness God might come walking lightly in and perhaps seat himself fastidiously in my chastest chair He might cross one knee over the other He might adjust his monocle and regard me through it speculatively or sadly or politely weary I should be outwardly calm, but I might feel an inward panic lest he go away again without having told me a fact I might say to God God if you please this small blue vase on my windowsill I see it and I touch it and I love it will you tell me you who know is there a blue vase there or is there no vase and God might merely glance at the vase through his glass and daintily hold his white handkerchief crumpled up in his gray gloved fingers and might merely say madame you have eyes with which to see the vase and hands with which to touch it and sentiments to lend it charm for you no doubt then why not let them inform you as to its actuality 
but then i might say with a weariness equal to god's my senses are pleasant they are sweet but they do not inform me or they inform me wrong because they don't plainly tell me whether it's a blue vase or a blue shadow just for that i burn in little disconcerting hell-fires and vulture thoughts with beaks and talons come and tear me in the night and i starve and decay trivially and my life is a flattish ruin and a tasteless darkness and a slight shallow death a death in the sunshine i am fed up with a sense of death because of pricking doubts as to my blue vase's realness to which again god might reply with his head tilted to one side tranquil and impersonal as to that madame there may be less death in doubt than in certainty about your vase you might in discovering it discover in yourself no right whatever to the sunshine no right to live in it no right to die in it and i might answer with some insolent feeling i should wish to discover the fact about it though it proved to me i don't exist and never existed that i'm a dust on a moth's wing and at that alien not belonging there upon which god for what i know might only shrug the shoulders in that identity he might shrug the shoulders or break the world with equal omnipotent plausibleness but i might try again i might say one thing feels realer than my blue vase this blue and green necklace which my soul wears it is rare and recherche but my beautiful soul is very tired from wearing it will you please unclasp it for me and god might say deprecatory pray madame do you consider what portion of the beauty you mention may be in the necklace should i unclasp it it is doubtful whether you would recognize your soul without it to which i might answer with more insolent feeling i don't know anything of that and i don't care for it i only know i want the necklace off to wear it makes me languid and frenzied and worn full of wild goaded saneness and the wish to go violently mad and god might answer Permit me to express my regrets for those sentiments which I should add I neither concur in nor refute nor deny nor share There I might be conversationally whipsawed God is full of works of beauty serene and miraculous gray lakes and blue morning mountains and deserts beneath the moon Those have quietly ravished me many and many a night and day and will again and still again in pacing tomorrows but I can't tell what o'clock it is by them and if God were by me and I asked him the time The odds are that he would look at the toy face of my little ivory toy clock Which sets on my desk where I can see it myself and tell me the time by that For though he is thus perplexing he knows the right time and could tell me it For that restlessly I wish God would make me one brief visit I wish that though he should so godlily baffle me and divinely bore me end of chapter 63